0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for the 11th Lord's Day after Pentecost is from the epistle to the Hebrews, where we read, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which you have all participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. This is our text. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I'd like to tell you a story about a young boy named, let's call him Johnny. You see, Johnny was with his mom at the grocery store, and as they were standing there and waiting in the checkout line, Johnny saw another boy take some chocolate from the shelf, put it in his pocket, and quietly walk out. Now, Johnny was hungry, and the chocolate looked so good, so he followed the other boy's example. It seemed so easy. After Johnny's mom finished paying for the groceries, they walked out of the store and got into the car. And it's there that mom notices the chocolate. And after some direct questioning, his mom gets the truth, and needless to say, mom is not happy. It's one of the worst days of Johnny's young life. His mother scolds him, makes him go back and apologize to the manager, and he got no candy for a month. So let me ask you a question. How do we see ourselves in this story? Well, I suppose that would all depend on your own perspective, wouldn't it? So let's start with Johnny's perspective. When mom first finds out Johnny gulps and he thinks to himself, mom's gonna kill me. He tries to lie at first, but he realizes all too quickly that mom sees through the lie. He didn't listen when his parents told him it's better to tell the truth right away because the consequences would be worse if he tells a lie. Johnny believes in that moment that mom is just so terribly disappointed in him that she no longer loves him, but rather hates him. And on top of all of that, Johnny told her about the other boy, but she's not mad at him. It must be that she loves him more. Now let's take a a look at it from Johnny's mom's perspective. Mom is terribly disappointed and angry, but only because she loves Johnny so much. She certainly doesn't want to kill him, but instead she wants to protect him, to keep him safe. However, she also knows that if her son is going to live long and prosper, to coin a phrase, he needs to be disciplined When my mom or dad told me when I was a kid, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, have you heard that phrase? I heard it countless times. I didn't understand what they meant, at least not until I had kids of my own and started using that same phrase with them. As for the other boy, she's already forgotten him because her focus is on her own dear son, whom she loves rather than some nameless boy. Now, as we examine our text from the book of Hebrews, let's take a look at this text from our own personal perspective. Whenever we suffer, or we're dealing with the consequences of our sin. Our first thought might very well be that God either hates us or is mad at us. When a young couple deals with the loss with loss through a miscarriage or even repeated miscarriages, they might wonder about God's love every time that they hear about women who have a healthy pregnancy and yet choose to end their baby's life with either an abortion or they leave the baby in a dumpster or worse. The couple might well wonder, what are we doing wrong? Why is God punishing us? When terrorists encroached, upon our borders in New York or in Texas or across the globe, we may wonder why God allows such things to happen. Or perhaps there are people in Louisiana or Florida who wonder what they've done to deserve the hurricanes or the flooding that goes on down there. Is, is the problem that we believe God has just been like a, sort of like a helicopter parent waiting for us to do something so bad that, bam, he can catch us in the act and zap us with a bolt of lightning. We see our suffering and our pain, and we think that God is cruel because he's putting us through all of these different afflictions. We think that God wants us to suffer and die, Quite honestly, when we look at ourselves through the mirror of the law, we know that we deserve to die, and worse. Now let's take a look at everything from God's perspective. Even though we are constantly disobedient children, more disobedient than we can possibly imagine, God loves us far more than we can comprehend. Everything that God does is guided by his great love for us. When God disciplines us, it's because he's making us holy, just as we are already holy in Christ. He's preparing us for eternal life, just as we already have eternal life in our baptism. God doesn't want us to die, but to live eternally. So then, how do we know which of these perspectives is true? We'd like to see things, after all, from God's perspective of love, but how are we supposed to know for sure that God loves us? We know he loves us because he made us his sons and his daughters. How are we God's children Well, scriptures tell us it is through the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who cries for forgiveness and reconciliation, and not vengeance from the cross. More importantly, it's through our baptism that we have been made God's own children. God's discipline, then, isn't a sign of disfavor, but rather a sign of his favor, As the writer of the Hebrew reminds the church, they suffer not because God hates them, but because he loves them. In fact, if they got away with everything and weren't disciplined at all, then it would mean that they weren't God's true children in the first place. So during times of trial, when our perspective, like Johnny, sees God as being unfair or even as the enemy, I'd encourage you to see yourselves as God does, as his own beloved sons and daughters. And if this discipline is seen as coming from a loving father to his dear children, then it must be good and proper for us. Hear the good news again. It is good for us. It's preparation for the heavenly Jerusalem. Look and see it from God's perspective. We live in the suffering of a sinful world for a relatively short time in comparison. God's discipline is his way of guiding us lest we ourselves fall and lose our blessedness forever. What a blessed eternity it will be, a city of gold, feasting with angels, perfect holiness, with Jesus. So we endure trial with hope and not despair, with the result that this present suffering will produce a harvest of peaceful fruit. My brothers and sisters in Christ, orchards and gardens need a lot of attention, don't they? Or at least I'm told, It's been about seven years since I've last tried to grow something in a garden. So, first of all you have to look out for plant eating bugs and slugs. Secondly, you have to water the trees and the plants so that they don't shrivel up from lack of moisture. Third, and this is often forgotten, you have to trim your plants so that they can produce fruit. See, many plants don't produce an abundant of, abundance of fruit naturally. An apple tree, for example, if left alone, won't produce apples. An apple tree, must you have to cut it and trim the apple tree, and then it will produce fruit, not before. In order for vines to produce fruit, you have to cut away the dead and unused branches so that the plant will continue to thrive. And in the same way, God trims us so that we produce fruit. He cuts off the branches and parts of our lives that we don't need that are just sucking up nutrients from the healthy part of the, that the plants need. That may mean taking away distractions that we've come to love more than we really should. It may mean allowing us to suffer so that we remember the one who carries us through every suffering. And Yes, it might even hurt. When an apple tree is first trimmed and pruned down to size, it looks like the gardener is being cruel and mean. The apple tree looks like a poor tree instead. At given time, this poor tree will grow and produce so much fruit that you cannot even collect it all. In this way, God is shaping us by His Holy Spirit through Word and Sacrament so that we might be more like Him each passing day. He made us alive through the waters of holy baptism. He strengthens us and he keeps us firm and steadfast in our faith with the body and blood of Christ in, with, and under the bread and the wine of Holy Communion. But God doesn't just want us to merely be alive in our faith. God wants us to bear fruit. So he purifies us from all unrighteousness. This is God forming us, not rejecting us in trial. From God's perspective, you are his sons and daughters, and that's what matters. See, Johnny's mom had a good perspective. But if she, who is in fact a sinful mother, disciplined her son lovingly according to her best judgment, imagine how wise And lovingly, our Heavenly Father is disciplining us. The temporary pain, the suffering that we face now, doesn't compare to the glory that he will reveal. Therefore, strengthen your hands and knees and forge ahead, because you are walking in glory. You are sons and daughters, God says. His sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. That's the only perspective that matters. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.